Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. My son Nick, uh, every once in a while, sends me articles that he thinks would be of interest to me. And he sent me one the other day from the New York Post. Well, it was a column, actually, not an article. By Rob Henderson, who's a, a new uh, opinion writer that uh, I'm getting to familiar with. But uh, Henderson comments on luxury beliefs. Luxury beliefs, the latest status symbol for rich Americans. And he, he starts out the column by saying, a former classmate from Yale recently told me that, quote, monogamy is kind of outdated, end quote, and not good for society. And so uh, Rob asked, uh, do, you, do you plan to marry? And she writes that, well, you know, she is planning to marry. She intends to have a monogamous marriage. Um, but uh, I'd like, let me quickly say I, I wouldn't impose that on everybody else. Uh, marriage can't, isn't for everybody. But, yes, I think uh, I want a monogamous marriage. He asks her, you know, about her upbringing. She comes from a, uh, an affluent family. She works at one of the, you know, best-known technology companies in America. She was raised by a traditional family. And she plans on having a traditional family. But she maintains that traditional families are old-fashioned. And society should evolve beyond them. Now, what what do you make of that? Charles Murray, in his book, Coming Apart, the State of White America, 1960 to 2010, Murray makes the case that uh, upper-class people uh, are reluctant to pass along the very beliefs and mores that help them achieve success. And in fact, Murray's thought on this parallels uh, a point that Robert Henderson is making in this particular column. Uh, let me elaborate on this. But in the past, upper-class Americans would display their, you know, their social status with luxury goods, you know, and of course this still goes on. But uh, you know, uh, yachts, uh, private jets, uh, you know, mansions, uh, diamonds. People do care a lot about social status. And social status is demonstrated in many different ways. But again, material goods uh, have been the traditional way uh, that Americans have uh, demonstrated their upper, uh, upper level status. Fashionable clothing is another way uh, that people demonstrate uh, social status or what group they are a part of. But now there seems to be another uh, way for people to distinguish themselves as of the upper class, uh, somehow not associated with those rather lower class people who have been called the deplorables or those who cling to uh, God and guns. Uh, Definitely stay away. Don't want to be part of that class at all. So what has happened is upper classes have decided to adopt not just luxury goods, but luxury beliefs. Now, these, these are the, this is virtue signaling. We often call it virtue signaling. These are ideas and opinions that confer status on the rich at very little cost to them. But here's the, and, I, and you know, I wouldn't be concerned about it if it was, if it was just a social status symbol. But here's the downside of it. This actually has, uh, takes toll 
on the well-being of lower class. So let me go over some of this. One example of luxury belief is that all family structures are equal or that family is a social construct or nobody dictates what a real family is. You know, family is where you hang your hat or something, you know, that there's no optimal uh, family structure or size. Um, the problem here is it's not true. The, the social science evidence is, is clear Families with two married parents are the most beneficial for young children. And yet we have affluent, educated people raised by two-parent families. But they are more likely than lower-class people to believe that monogamy is outdated, that marriage is uh, a sham, that, or that all families uh, are the same. Uh, now, these relaxed attitudes about marriage have been going on ever since at least I was a teenager. Because I remember uh, in the 1960s, conversations with friends about this kind of thing, uh, noting that there was no special reason. You had to have uh, two parents. Uh, you could have uh, one parent, and uh, you could have a bunch of friends. Uh, you used to speculate all kinds of silly adolescent things. But uh, marriage rates, in fact, uh, between the upper class and the lower class in America were nearly identical back in the 1960s. But that was the time that, uh, again, I grew up in New England. Uh, by that time, my family, we started out uh, lower middle class, and now we were uh, pushing the upper limit of middle class, and people were beginning to express skepticism about marriage and monogamy. So the belief that marriage is basically what you make it, that there's no prescribed norm for a good marriage, uh, has gone on to actually affect uh, lower-class people much more than upper-class people. Today, marriage rates of affluent Americans uh, are pretty much the same as they were back in the 1960s. I'll say that again. Marriage rates for affluent Americans are pretty much the same as they were back in the 1960s. But working-class people, far less likely to get married. Uh, Out-of-wedlock birth rates are more than uh, 10 times higher than they were in 1960, but mostly among the poor and the working class. Rich people, affluent people, seldom have kids out of wedlock. Now, of course, they have easy and quick access to abortion, so you always have to keep that in mind, too. But um, they, they are, you know, more likely than others to express the luxury belief that having kids out of wedlock is, well, that's of no consequence, no big deal. But, of course, they don't have kids out of wedlock. But that belief that it's no big deal does a great deal of harm to working-class families, lower-class families, and certainly the poor. Uh, another luxury belief, first luxury belief is that family structure is invented. Make it up as you go along. There's no optimal family structure. Second, another luxury belief is that religion is irrational or harmful. Uh, you know, more and more, indifference toward religion is coming to characterize the affluent American. Uh, they are less and less likely to see the value of gathering together in communities for worship. It used to be, of course, that places of worship were usually uh, essential 
uh, to build the social fabric of uh, communities, especially poor communities, because it's where you got uh, support. It's where you would get tips on jobs. It's where you could get resources if you were down on your luck. Uh, but today, uh, again, among affluent people in America, religion is no big deal. Um, it may, you know, a lot of atheists uh, track in the upper class. Third thing, luxury belief. The luxury belief is that individual decisions don't matter much compared to random social forces. This is the idea of you aren't really responsible for your life. Among the affluent, you see high levels of discipline, high levels of uh, work, good work habits, uh, but they don't pass, they don't teach as though that's an obligation for others. There's a sense of wanting to think that your skills and your abilities uh, just kind of come by chance, uh, by genes, by luck, uh, by anointing, rather than say, I worked hard. You know, I had to put in X number of hours a week in order to achieve this. So the sense that your financial outcomes are not necessarily tied to your sustained, focused work behavior. Uh, that's not passed along. So time and again, you see that the very things that have made the upper class the upper class are looked down upon. Uh, no, Oh, that? It's like, remember, you've seen comedies where uh, some woman comes in with some amazing uh, fur coat or some amazing gown and people turn their head and uh, they they say wow that's that's just gorgeous and she'll say oh this old thing that's what i'm talking about downplaying the very things that helped make for their success they end up sawing off the very limb they've been sitting on and so this is part of not wanting to be associated with what uh, Hillary Clinton called the deplorables. Who are the deplorables? The deplorables are generally people who believe in traditional morality. Uh, people who fight for traditional morality. People who think it's important to take a stand on family, to take a stand on chastity, uh, to take a stand on freedom of uh, religion, and uh, even the importance of being part of a worshiping community. Uh, these are things that historically, again, emphasize good family, emphasize worship, good community, be associated with some higher power, whatever you want to call. Uh, th the emphasis upon discipline and work, all those things ended up making the upper classes the upper classes. But no longer do they want to give credit to the very disciplines that equipped them to uh, basically have leadership roles in our society. And so the working class uh, are much less likely when they're looking above, when they're looking at, they want to get out of this, you know, this uh, social class that they're in. Uh, 
when they look at those who are ranked above them, and I know Americans don't like to talk about class. It makes us very uncomfortable. But America has classes. So people in working class, people in lower class, the poor, when they look upwards and they see those at the top appearing to be completely unconcerned about uh, discipline, uh, unconcerned about marriage, monogamy, uh, children, uh, unconcerned about the disciplines of the, you say you might say the Ten Commandments, they begin to think that those things are unnecessary or not even helpful for getting ahead. Again, Charles Moore's book is called Coming Apart, The State of White America. He has the social science data in here to back it up. And we'll have Rob Henderson's column from the New York Post uh, on luxury beliefs, the latest status symbol for rich Americans in the Crested Guest Archives. 